What is going on, guys? It is Monday Madness here on the Culture Jack Podcast. Today, we're going to be diving into some tabletop role-playing and so much more. Before diving into the episode, as always, hit that subscribe button. If you guys love the content, even if you don't, still share and care. Drop a review and everything. Today, I have the man with the plan. Dustin is in the house. That's me, everybody. Hey, if you hate the episodes, uh, you can share it out of spite. You can show people how bad we are. You can you can have them listen to us and just then you guys can talk about it and talk about how disgusting and terrible we are. And we do episodes all the time. So like you can hate listen to us like a lot. Yeah. And and encourage your friends that also hate listening to us to share as well. Yeah. If you like, oh, this it's so bad. Share this with this other person. It's like a it's like a car wreck. We just have as many people look at it as you can. Take pictures, uh, you know, leave us comments, really support us in whatever way you can with the algorithm by uh, sharing. Uh, You can leave angry faces on most of the social media platforms. So just, yeah, do that as well, even if you don't like us. (laughs) That that is uh, definitely an option for you. All right. (laughs) Let's let's dive into some some stuff here. Um, A while back now, I did an episode on. D&D and riffs a little bit. And I wanted to revisit this for for multiple reasons with you. Um, Kind of the significance or your thoughts on D&D. And I'll go into some of these questions here specifically. But the thoughts and the nostalgia that that rides with it for you and the future of it and what, what it's evolved into because for all intents and purposes on the D and D side, more than I would would suspect more than the riff side, there has been a very strong resurgence of D and D over the past decade. That is, is impressive. And it's, it's like, it's crazy to me. So let's kick this off with your thoughts. You can start with D and D and then we'll go into like, like the riffs and the palladium style game as well. What we're familiar with. I don't know if there's, I'm sure there's others out there, um, but I don't know that we're probably the best suited to, to speak on those. Um, but let's, let's start with dungeons and dragons. Uh, in fact, we, we picked up some, we picked up, we both picked up a couple of books. Yeah. Yeah. I just got a book yeah. from, from target. Whenever, whenever you say D and D, uh, whenever anyone says D and D there's a, uh, a little auto shop down there in Homer by where I live uh, called B and B automatic transmission. They got a song B and B automatic transmission. So every time someone says D and D, I say D and D automatic transmission. Well, that's what I think of in my head. Uh, when it comes to the actual D and D though, I, I, I never, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I've played it maybe once I've tried to DM a game one time, but when we were younger, when you guys were playing D&D, when you guys were playing riffs, uh, my mom was like, she was like, that stuff's the work of the devil, dude. You don't get to play that. Are you joking me right now? <laughs> yeah, that was restricted, man. We had a riffs book and my dog chewed it up. And so I put like what remained of the cover on a construction piece of paper. And then I taped that to the binding. So it had like oh this construction goodness. 
paper. It had it had this, the most metal cover. I remember it was like one of those one eyed beasts with like all the oh, tentacles. Yeah. Oh yeah, and this very scantily clad woman, and it was just like this is like some hard rock metal shit. My mom saw that and she's like, "That's the devil. We've got to get rid of that right away." And so, um, I didn't play D and D. What I did play as a youth, um, and I know this is going off the D and D topic just a little bit um was a a game that we had called the game um you took part in it a little bit when, when we were younger uh tom took a big part in it and then me and my brother uh of course and that was a game of our own creation because we could not play D. we were not allowed to play mm-hmm. riffs uh these obvious satanic works uh <laughs> so we made uh, like we we drew out this huge world map and we we drew out all of these monsters and all of these weapons and all these vehicles and our characters wow. and we made our own role-playing game and my only experience at the time with role-playing game were you know like video game role-playing games and so i was like what do you guys want to do? And they're like, we want to go here. And I was like, okay, you go here and you get into a fight. And then Tom, I remember him saying, why do we always have to get into a fight? Why can't we do anything else? And, oh and that was, cause that was my default. That was what I, I went to, you know, that is, that is funny. That is very funny. Uh, wow. So, you know, for, for me as a kid, I played riffs and, and kind of the palladium stuff first. And then got into D and D because automatic transmission. <laughs> uh, friends of ours played D and D, and they had they had some books, and it was always this good matchup. D and D was fun because of the structure and because of the resources that we had, which were books at the time. Limited, we didn't have. We by no stretch of the imagination had a ton of resources in the D and D world. But nonetheless, man, I remember playing so many epic campaigns with buddies and uh, even individually. We had, we had a good friend of ours, Jeremy, yep. who, who was a great DM uh, or or at least at the time was. I mean, I have no clue if like I could rehash those times. I, you know, it would be probably debatable now. Your nostalgia really, yeah. really thought he was good. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, dude, I remember going to his house and dude, we didn't play video games together. We would play D together and then we would be lucky enough to have someone come over uh so we'd have three people and then on rare occasions we'd have four people and dude it was just hours of endless fun and a lot of things that came from that was the the creativity of the dm of course trying to tell their stories um, sometimes we get lucky because he would read about a uh, campaign or he would put time in to create a campaign and you'd go on these long adventures. I mean, we would play for hours and hours and hours, eat lunch and still be playing. Uh, we were not the fancy gamers. We didn't have any of the little figures. We didn't have the pre-assembled or pre-built maps. Um, for the most part, it was pen and paper <laughs> and dice you know um but going through that was just an incredible experience for many many years and the the always the unfortunate thing was not being able to get the regular people together right <laughs> Se- seemed to be 
the, just, it was just unfortunate because it was like, shit, man, this campaign, when we had three people, it was insane. And now it's dumbed down to one person. Um, so, so that was always kind of the, uh, the crux of the situation. Um, and, and it goes the same for riffs. I did a lot of the DMing or GM, I think it's GMing for riffs, uh, game master instead of dungeon master for riffs. Um, and you know, Tom, like fucking Tom got really big into riffs that that dude had so many goddamn books. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. And I, I've talked to him recently, uh, about his, um, uh, kind of current obsession with role-playing games and he's not into not into a, there's this one called pathfinder that he yep. was into for a yeah, little no, bit but he's into something else and i can't remember what it is called but it's not like it's not riffs it's not D automatic transmission I, it's something else i can't remember what it is but he was telling me about it and he paints like little figures and stuff now too so like he's big into it still he's big into yeah um the riff stuff and the palladium stuff was always like a, the riff stuff. I loved the palladium stuff, which the company was palladium, but they had the palladium like D and D version. Um, D and D I always felt was better in that sense. Not that palladium was bad. It was just like, you have this other platform that is done what it does well. And that's what it is. Um, and then in riffs being this, like, actually really it evolved into like doing whatever you wanted. And I think that is where a lot of people got lost with risk and they didn't like it as much as D and D. Cause I remember as a kid where people, there was always this like contention between this or that, this or that. And it was like, you have to remember that palladium was pumping out the fucking resources, dude, like campaign book, campaign book, campaign book. And in some senses they were not relevant to each other. You're not going to do this uh campaign world or and merge it with this campaign world and they were vastly different from like south africa to fucking south texas to atlantis to um juicer world to what whatever it may be but nonetheless uh there's an artist in there i think his name was kevin long and uh kevin simbedia the the creator and founder uh not as good of artist <laughs> as kevin long um, and then there was some big big thing between the guys but man the art style and everything that was in that and and then some of the stories and the ability to play in this this dungeon world or this uh you know i, I want to say science fiction you know like sci-fi medieval world i don't know if that's an accurate depiction of D D, but uh, a lot of times i think it's depicted as like a steampunk variant you know yeah and then you've got like riffs which again i was i was more familiar with uh where it's like this crazy posted depending on what you played it as right because sure. like i remember playing we would do vampire campaigns oh shit fucking incredible cool cool incredible to where you <clears throat> depending on the group of characters that you had um you could go and do like whatever whatever you wanted to do um but nonetheless so many freaking fond memories. And uh, again, the same thing for as riffs, as I said, for D&D, where you get one guy or two guys together. It was always better to have two guys or three guys. And then, you know, if you could if you could kind of follow that that run. But even on mindless stuff, when you had three or four buddies together on mindless stuff, even if it wasn't a well-built campaign, it was still a blast. Like I remember doing running uh, 
um, vampire campaigns and it, it didn't require a lot of work because it was like, all right, you're going to go into this house. This is the description of the house. What do you do? You know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then just it would be complete chaos for the next hour of, <laughs> uh, of, of shenanigans. And, but so much fucking fun. Um, and it's funny to think back in both instances, uh, reg- or I guess regardless of the, the game, on being a player, being a GM, and the conversations that were held on how these kids come together and they create uh, ultimately a fake world. And then they create these fake characters that they make decisions on and they yeah. make decisions on, do I attack this dude? Do I not attack this dude? Do I go in and, you know, do, are we going to go on this mission? Are we not going to go on this mission? When we get to town, what is it that you do, you know? I'm going to the armor guy. I'm going to the, you know, I'm going to the shop because I want this or what have you. It's just so funny to kind of rekindle that, that, uh, the, those thoughts and the fun and, and everything. And it's the same with the dice too. I, I still have a bag of dice around, around here somewhere of dice that are shit, you know, like 25 years old, you know, uh, and then having your lucky dice and having this and, and and going through your dice and being prepared like, oh, I've got a one die six sword and I've got my one die 20. That is like my 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 primary um, and, and all of that. It's just such a funny thing to think about collectively. Um, and then out of out of my out of my youth, I did not I did not play it for years. I know that a couple of buddies and I tried to get together twice. I think it was twice, maybe three times uh, to play. And it did just, it, it fell apart. It was uh, the the person that was trying to DM at the time was way over explaining way too much dialogue. Oh, okay. One of those scenarios to where it was like, uh, not that their dialogue was bad. It, it wasn't, but it was like when you sit there for 20 minutes and someone's explaining and you're like, all right, are we, going anywhere we get a plan exactly exactly to where it was like listening to the the opening of uh like jr tolkien's the hot engine you're like all right are we going on the journey or is this just a you thing man what are we fucking doing he's like Um, gather around yeah i I will weave you a a tale a tale right And, and so since then i uh i had a couple of buddies quite a few years back that we talked about it they've since they have since left and and uh I haven't really picked any of that stuff back up. I still have quite a few riffs books. And then I have um, some D and D books. But my question to you is you weren't allowed to play it as a youth. You, uh, like you said, you created your own version of the game. You went underground with it. We did. You're like, I understand the concepts of this shit. I'll just make my own, which is funny because at that time, which is cool because at that time, um, Again, you know, I know I had some riffs books. I think I had like a Heroes Unlimited book. Tom, like I said, I I don't recall which timing, but Tom ended up with a lot of fucking riffs books. Uh, Jeremy and a couple of other people had some a couple of D and D books. Um, but what's funny is we didn't have a ton of resources, and I, and I can't recall like how many resources were available. Period. Anyways, because it's not like we could frequent a, a fucking bookstore sure or uh we did have out in the boondocks arctic dragon was open for a little while there 
Uh, well, we had the B and B card shop. I'm sure they had some stuff. They did, and uh, yeah, Arctic Dragon was was one of the bigger ones. Yeah, uh, I I haven't played D and D very much. I I tried to get uh, together with a couple dudes in Eagle River one time, and we we sat down to play, and the guy who was uh, DMing the 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 show, he. <laughs> He had one of the the pre-built uh quests, uh, the the Lost Minds of Fandalia campaign ready to go. Yeah, and and so he he busts this thing out. And me and this other dude, we we make up our characters and we're on this journey, we're on this quest, and the quest is to take this cart of goods that we have been consigned and contracted to take to a town, and on our way we're attacked by goblins. And we we dispatch the goblins, we take care of them, no problem. And he says, "All right, now, off to the side of the road, you see a beaten path where it looks like someone was taken and drug off into the woods. What do you guys want to do? And so we we talked. We conferred about it for a moment. We said, well, we were contracted to get these goods to the next town, right? And he's like, well, yeah. And we're like, okay. So we get back on our horses and we go to the next town. <laughs> and <laughs> the entire quest was off in the woods. Oh, like, shit. that's where the whole oh, campaign shit. led. So the dude had to improvise. Yep. everything that happened the rest of the night <laughs> we went to the town we tried to find the dude to deliver the goods and then go to the store and then we got in a fight with some dudes it was it was really funny because when we we made the choice not to go off in the woods but, to yeah. pursue this clue that he had so carefully given us and handed to us uh we we upset his whole game so he's like flipping through pages trying to figure shit out um, so I just thought that was very funny. And I have since tried to play that very same campaign with my two kids and my wife. And it was, <laughs> it was funny because in the first encounter with goblins, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to walk them through it and I'm like, this is what this goblin does on his turn. It's your turn now. What do you do? And my son is eating it up. He's like, just jazzed about it. He's like, oh my gosh, uh, I fire an arrow. And I'm like, well, you, you can only hit one of them with the arrow. And he's like, okay, that's fine. I aim for this one. And, and my wife's going crazy and she's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to attack the one that he, he hurt so we can kill it and then move on to the next ones. And my daughter is getting bored at this point. And so she, you know, we're just at the very beginning of the quest and, uh, so she, <laughs> one of the, one of the goblins decided he was going to have like an ice arrow or ice spell and, uh, froze my daughter to a tree as she was trying to flee the scene so she could stop playing. But then if she decided she wanted to come back, they could go, they could go rescue her from that tree and unfreeze her. But it, he had a lot of fun and he wanted to, um, he wanted to play with all of his friends, uh, every time they came over i'm like dude it takes takes a little preparation i can't just pull this thing out you know at the drop of a hat yeah if i was a better dm i guess i could but yeah I'm a novice still yeah that's i mean so and that's that's crazy um some of some of that is crazy because when we were kids a lot of it was like if you i would pencil down some ideas and then it would just be kind of a free-for-all run off the idea sure kind of, slam because, poetry well yeah because you couldn't like like you said with your guys' decision, like it's so hard sometimes to influence the players to make those decisions uh, or cohorts them. You know, sometimes it's obvious uh, and you antagonize them and then they're like, oh, yeah, fuck you, I'm going to fucking stab him or whatever, right? And then it's that's the easy win. Um, but I, I can recall so many times where 
um, we've missed the bait <laughs> or or it was obvious bait and it was like, ah, fuck it. Let's let's just go after that. But being quipped as as a GM or DM to either navigate back on track or just freehand it and be like, oh, fuck it. Let's just let's just go this route and well, build this thing up. I mean, because that's a thing I know talking with uh, or toward the end of my D&D, that was one of the big things that was in, in contention because there was a lot of people that were like, um, you have to, you have to. And it's like, you don't have to fucking do shit. You know the rules of the game. You got character. Like, you can freehand this if you'd like. I mean, there's, yes, there's a lot of resources to allow for pre-built campaigns and this, that, and that. But you don't have to do. That's the whole fucking point of D&D and the whole, you know, Gary Gygax and D&D and Kevin Sabidia. It, it's to have fun with your friends in this storytelling, role-playing, dice-rolling fucking thing. It isn't necessarily to live in a fucking box and, and do this. That was one of the one of the things I always found interesting about that is is some of the conversations that came up during and post games where they're like, well, actually, the blah 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 should have did that. But it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. The, well, the, the cool part about it is, I and I listen to uh, there's a couple of like full campaign podcasts that I listen to, so I listen to people play uh, the, the game. And it's, it's really fun to listen to like the different things that you come up with and the improvisation is so cool, but it doesn't even have to be that. Like if, uh, you know, you, you got, you got three doors, you go through which door do you, do you and your party go through? You don't have to tell them what's in the other doors that they don't go through. All three doors could be the same thing. You could lead them exactly where you want them and still give them the illusion of choice. Like you, 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 Go, go to this like the dude that we were playing with you know he could have said okay you deliver the cart and you come back to investigate the trail or you find another trail or you find a, a rumor that you investigate that leads you to the same place maybe you don't go down the trail but you still get to the cavern with the right. goblins in it like that's true you can you can so easily cool. uh, at least from what i uh, what i can tell uh so far redirect people back to your your mission and they won't be any the wiser and they'll still have like that, well, that a, choice that fun. right a, a good a good storyteller that's the approach that they will take right and and that's that's what's so funny about it uh cuz you also don't want to be forceful with stuff too to where it's like am i playing or are you just playing our characters for us as right. a dm or gm or whatever it is you're playing that's such a that's such an interesting thing so you did <clears throat> um you didn't play a lot as as a kid obviously i think we we established that no um, and then as an adult, you only played a couple of times. I have two times under my belt. One as a player that lasted for maybe an hour or two. And then one as a DM that lasted for about an hour. So I've got about three hours total play time of Dungeons and Dragons under my belt. Like total? Total. In life? In life. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, well, you're beating me, I think is, well, no, maybe not. Cause I know the one or two times we played, I played as an adult. Uh, it was a couple of hours. The one time, not so much. The one time, like I said, it was maybe an hour of dialogue. And we just it was like, dude, I'm done with this shit. Because 45 minutes of someone explaining stuff is like, dude, it sh- doesn't require that. <laughs> okay, I don't right, have to right, watch right. a fucking movie to to play this game. The one dude that, uh, or the one one podcast that I listened to, the dude does a really good job of allowing the players to make choices within his world and then 
he kind of just tries to put everything together uh, in the choices that they made and how those choices reacted with the world that he created. And so um, that's the kind of, and there's really good, you know, uh, YouTube shows and there's Mm -hmm. like critical role and um, the adventure adventure zone and all these other things out there that are, are great to inspire you to play these kinds of games. I don't know if they're the best teachers of the games, but they're very entertaining. One thing I do play a lot that's not D and D, but you know, has some like role-playing elements is other tabletop games with like little standees, Mm. real clear rule sets, cards that Mm -hmm. you read off of. um, And then, you know, actions that your characters can take. And then you can still, within that world really get into the characters and role play, even though it's in a little bit more regimented right. Uh, form. Right. Um, I always wanted, and I got a couple of fun things we can get into here too, but uh, with riffs, because I haven't played riffs in a long time. I did with, with riffs and then I'll jump into a couple of fun. Like I said, a couple of fun things years ago with riffs during Christmas time. I, I may have mentioned this before, they have what the mystery box sale. And so like, I think it's like 50 bucks and then you can get up to like 70 bucks worth of shit. Mm. And then uh, depending on who's in the office, cause it's Kevin Sambita, the guy that's been doing it forever, the owner of the company. And then it's his staff, his artists, his writers. Uh, that's the office. <laughs> so, so that's, it's literally what it is. Um, you can get this mystery box, but you can have them sign the book. So I ended up picking up, uh, I think something like 10 books over the course of, of one year. And uh, I, I felt pretty good about it. And I started to get encouraged to want to play again. In fact, I remember uh, starting to write out a campaign and all this. And then I stopped because I'm like, well, wait, where am I going with this? Because I, I don't have a fucking player to play. Uh, and while on that exercise or that mini excursion, I went on in the mental in the mental world by myself uh, what a blast it was. And then over the last, I think two years, I picked, I've slowly been picking up some D and D books and, and we, we both picked up a, a book the other day and it still rekindles that. Like, it, I, I don't know how to explain it or, or encapsulate what, what I'm, what I'm trying to explain other than there's something there where you spend some time creating this thing that you really want to share with people in that world. Right. Especially if you're in my case, I was creating a a little mini campaign that I wanted to run with people and even started drawing maps out and shit. And it was like, dude, just doing that work uh, is so fun to some degree because it's a hundred percent creative. You're, you're creating a world and, and whatnot. Um, And it's not a video game. Like I'm not a fucking computer programmer. I don't have the capabilities of doing that. Uh, so that was a blast and going through the source material, like dude, reading about some of the characters, looking at some of the incredible art that's in these new books, very inspiring. And, and, uh, there's, there's a, um, my buddy does a, he's got a YouTube show. Uh, and I, I keep trying to, uh, make him, make him put it on a podcast. He put one on, on podcast just cause it's easier for me to listen to, uh, mm-hmm. if I can, you know, move about and do my thing. Cause I'm not doing YouTube red, baby. I'm not, mm-hmm. not buying that premium service. Yeah. Um, uh, RPG daily with Richard Quiner. So it, it quick plug for him out there. He's getting married here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, 
by the time this airs, he'll all already been. Congratulations, yep. Rich. Uh, Congratulations on your, on your nuptials. Um, and uh, he has like all these different people come in, like people that are fans of his channel, and then he'll bring them on, and they're they're from all different skill levels of play, like experience to the complete noob. Uh, and so it's fun to watch people kind of learn from each other like that. And I don't know. I just, I, I, I've got a lot, I've got a long way to go. I think I'm a fairly creative person. Um, it's just about getting like the rules down of the game and figuring out, you know, what a, what a constitution is and an AC and a DC and, um, how, how monsters should react because I think I could get that improvisation like pretty good anyway. Yeah, and, and and what a fun time! I mean, like, you want to talk about uh, utilizing that creative part of your mind? It's so it's crazy to think that, right? To create, to to write out something, or to even use, to study it, and then to go into depending on what kind of person you are when you're when you're if you are DM, DMing, some of the, you know the the physical animation that you may put on display in conjunction with if you're trying to do voices and like i've seen some funny shit dude. dude i have seen some awesome videos online though of people who who set up like they've got tables that have you know monitors in them like oh yeah big tvs yeah. that you know they put their their maps out on and yep. then they showcase monsters on uh people that do like um like dry ice or fog machines yep. to set mood and music and uh I don't know. It's it's very impressive the links to which some people will go, but it's also cool that those super advanced setups with the figurines and the and the builds and the maps and and everything are are a part of this culture that also uh you know, you could play with just some pencils and paper. Like yeah. you don't have to have all that, but you can. Like it's it's cool that there's these two sides of this same uh, hobby. It's, right. That's pretty neat. It's pretty, it is, it is. And talking about that, you know, uh, a couple of, a couple of celebrities that have made it, made, made it known and made it very known is like Joe Maganello, huge D and D guy has a room built in his house or not built in his house. He had the, the room was always there, but he created an exclusive D and D room that has been very vocal about D and D and uh, has had some celebrities come over and play quasi regular with him. Like, is, is this the Deathstroke guy? Yeah, yeah, okay, so. yep. Um, to include a guy named like the Big Show from WWE. Oh shoot, cool! You know, comes over and plays. Uh, there is, I mean, I had to take a couple of names down here. Um, Tom Morello plays regularly, which is uh, one of the guys from a little band called rage against the machine and audio slave. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of, heard of either of those. Yeah. I, I don't listen to uh, reggae music too much. <laughs> that is so, um, Don, uh, Dan Harmon has, uh, has, and is known to play in games, uh, or RPGs, D and D Felicia day and Tim Duncan and many others. But I found it to be interesting because He's got several, like you can go on a YouTube. I actually went on there and went down a, a crazy road with uh, Joe Maganello and, and some of the other celebrities. And then, of course, I started watching other things. You know, there's a lot of speculation of like Vin Diesel playing and 
this this actor and in this and you start thinking about that and i'm like dude that is like insanity like could you imagine sitting at a table and playing one of these games with like one of these celebrity i mean i guess it's normal because i mean they, they got hobbies they're just normal people right with uh with a uh, different type of job they do have a different type of you job know? But to sit down, or or Mike Myers, I guess, is a uh, not the not the murderer, but the actor, Austin Powers, baby, is uh, is also a D and D player. Um, but wouldn't that be an incredible thing to have, like a celebrity pal? Maybe that's the only relationship that you have with them is showing up. Well, that'd D&D. be crazy. You're you're like the the DM for I don't know Henry Cavill or some shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He feels like a guy that would play D and D for sure. He builds like computers and shit. He's kind of for a nerd. Sure. Well, he did the one computer. That's all he's. Ever oh, built. is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he okay. wanted he wanted to build his own, and then he Instagrammed it, and it was like what a what a poser. God damn. No, it's yeah. awesome that he did that because he plays video games regularly, which is which is funny. I just to to have that thought that a the image of some of these uh, actors, but also like the big show. This mother, like, he does not paint a picture of being a D&D player. I would, I would love the opportunity just to be in his presence while he's playing. And he's like, I always play a gnome. And he's like fucking seven, six or whatever, <laughs> playing a garden gnome or whatever. You well, know, that's, I just find the, it- that's the beauty, too, of these kinds of games is the role playing aspect. Like, it, it, it cracks me up when people, they play a video game. Uh, for example, and then they they design their character to look exactly like them, which I mean, is not crazy because, wow, look at me. I'm in this wasteland or I'm in this mm-hmm. high fantasy world. But I, role play is something different. Role play as Khajiit, the cat, man. Role play as a different gender than you are. Like you, you get to be a character that yeah. is not you. It's limitless. Honey. It's so cool. Like uh, your your history, yeah. your backstory, yep. the the whole thing. Do you do you remember uh, when you were a, a youth and you were bored? Do you ever remember being bored as a youth? Yeah. Have yeah. you been bored in the last ten years? No, I haven't. I haven't no, experienced funny, boredom no. in a long time. No. I was just thinking about that as you were talking about uh, being able to take the time out to. Uh, develop a campaign and draw maps and stuff like that and kind of reinvigorate this passion you have for D and D. I've got too many things that I want to do and that I'm excited to do. I, if I have any free time, there's something that is going to to entertain, entertain me or, or uh, take up my time, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, in, in, in boredom is a, uh, just, just a hoax. It's a place. It's a placeholder. Uh, It really is. It's so funny to me. And well, that's that's actually funny you even said that because you know I have kids you have kids I'm bored and you're like I'm never bored because there's whether it's whether it is doing doing something that I've really wanted to do and being fortunate enough to have the resources like in the D and D case I've got the books I already said that you've got some books all it requires literally is go pick the fucking book up <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> write some shit down go on the internet you don't even have to pick the book up you can go on the internet and watch get get inspired by something. Um, but there's so many endless, endless things that that I'm driven to want to learn about and want to participate and want to understand and want to read and want to fuck even picking a video game up for me, like for 30 minutes. I'm like, dude, I'm so I'm, I'm good. Now I'm going to go on to the next thing I want to do. 
Sure. Yeah. Know? It's just, it's it, the concept just struck me that, you know, and my dad used to say, you know, he used to say, he said, what do you mean you're bored? What do you, what I, I got things for you to do. And you know, and then you're like, then you're not bored all of a sudden right. you're like, Oh shoot. I no, I'm, I'm good. I'm not bored. Uh, but it, it just strikes me that, yeah, our kids say it. Um, but we used to say it too, you know, we used to be bored. Yeah. And I think part of that comes with, with age and experience and exposure to things too. Cause like when you're a kid, maybe you didn't know all the things that you wanted yeah. to do, but now having 30 years, uh, under your belt, you, you're like, well, yeah, it's just, it's I know a, some stuff I'm interested in. Right. And it's just not wasting time because I think that's what, right. that's what I think a lot of it is to where a lot of people just sit on their phone or sit there and bored. I'm bored. It's like, well then, find something productive to do. And by productive, I don't mean like go build a fucking house. I make mean, a D and D campaign, make a D and D campaign, go fucking paint the picture you wanted to paint, what, what, whatever it may be. Uh, <clears throat> but, but it is interesting. What's also interesting is uh, kind of going full circle. Uh, at least that's how I, that's how I, I feel about D and D and riffs and, and the reason that I bought those books uh, from that was actually many years ago now from palladium and, and whatnot and then recently picking up D books over the last year and a half as i as i see them and as i get a good deal on them it's not a mad rush i didn't go to the store and buy all fucking 25 bucks or anything but it's funny to me because of a the nostalgia the thought of like oh man when i was a kid i had so much fucking fun with this and what's also fun is to think you know, and it's kind of pie in the sky at this moment, but it's like, you know, putting together a campaign or not even putting together, just building a character and having a character on idle, given the opportunity to play the game at some point, it's which whip, here it is. Yeah. It, it's just fun to me because, uh, you know, one, one of those things like as the get older kind of situations to where I have been focusing on trying to get rid of certain things and trying to free up more of my time. Uh, because again, I'm the opposite of being bored. I've got so much shit I want to do and so much shit on my, my uh, books to do that. I have often found myself uh, missing opportunities to do things. And so as I look to the future, um, those are a couple of things that I'd like to at least re-explore or, or whatnot. And uh, I, I'm very excited about that. So uh, two, two things, both both are very similar in fashion. Um, D&D had a movie out a while ago uh, with, I, I think it was Jeremy London and what, Marlon Williams? Damn. And, and uh, that must have been a while ago. Is that in the yeah. 90s? No, I think it was, what, 2000, 2000 something. Um. That was their first like big adaptation. Before that, they did have uh, they did have some art, uh, some role playing movies, which were actually really funny because I remember getting one as a kid and watching it, where it was like pause the video, <laughs> fast forward, pause the video, fast forward. Um, anyways, we have oh maybe it was in two thousand. Maybe that's what it was. So they did have that. Riffs had a deal, at least that's what Kevin Simbedia said, had a deal for a while. The deal fell apart, and then they were trying to reinstitute a new 
deal because the IP for both, regardless, is fucking incredible, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, you want resources just like what we're seeing with comic book movies and, and comic book shows, which are not exclusive to superheroes. If you want stories, that's why they're being utilized so much. There's so much fucking source material, incredible source material. Uh, I feel like D&D has a hell of an opportunity because, again, not only incredible source material, there is uh, acknowledged and incredible campaigns that are on the books and, and available to uh, understand there's drag. Was it Dragonlance? Isn't it Dragonlance? I think. What you talking about? Those are the the uh, books that were written based on the characters that were in D anD. d Oh, good lord! I have no idea. You never read any of I those. I thought books? you were talking about Dragon's Lair, the PC game that we no. used to play sitting in the same chair. Uh, no, you never we read out. any of those books. No. I don't oh, there's there's a fucking ton, dude. In in high school, I read a, I read a handful of them. There's a ton of those books, dude. Pretty um, badass, eh? Yeah, and that's that's also another a, another thing that you know that you may want to consider doing, especially if you want to, you know, if your kids if your kids up to reading. Uh, oh, he's find, yeah, I find, got uh, some candy. I just so. bought him the uh, entire Redwall series. I don't know mm. if you remember those yeah, books yeah. with the little mice that were knights and whatnot. Yep. Um, they're they're still a little bit uh, above his reading level right now. But I've also got him reading the entire um, One Piece saga by Ichiro Oda, so he's he's busy. He's gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> he's got some stuff. Then I'm going to get him hooked on Piers Anthony and the Mundania series. So, but so they they have all of those support books. The Rift stuff never came to fruition, which is unfortunate. But we do have a new D and D movie in the works now, where Chris Chris Pine and I can't remember. I was going to say Rosario Dawson, but it is not Rosario Dawson. She's killing it right now with uh, she's Ahsoka. Ahsoka and oh, then fuck, dude. Yeah, Clerks she is. 3 is coming. Clerks 3 is coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's doing very, very well, dude. Uh, anyways, we do have a D&D movie in the works. I just wanted to get kind of your thoughts. Is the IP ready to be re-released um, in that format? Because... It can be hit or miss, as you know. We have yet to see a successful movie, as as far as I'm concerned, coming from uh, a tabletop role-playing game. Right. And I, I, I wonder if those kinds of games suffer from the same kind of uh, malaise that, that befalls, you know, like video game movies. Like, uh, are, 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 I don't know, it, you've got such a rabid fan base on the one hand. Um, so you want to appeal to them because they're going to be the people that are going to go and support and see your movie. But on the other hand, you also want it to be accessible enough to a general audience. I mean, the same balancing act has to be done for any of these MCU Marvel movies you, where you've got to get your, your zealots in there and you got to get the people that, you know, are just like, Oh, Hey, there's, we'll go to that one today. Uh, and so with Dungeons and Dragons, though, I think it might be a little bit easier because you're not maybe trying to recreate any one specific plot or campaign, but you could take aspects from all of them. You could take some general locations from the world and write your own original story because it's essentially that's what they're doing. They're just right. making a new campaign and they're putting actors in it and they're acting out their their campaign there so 
what I think would be cool though is a uh like a campaign that you made that a person made that tied into the movie. Oh. And so like cool. you're you're like, oh yeah, when they destroyed this village, I was the I was one of the villagers that was orphaned because of their destruction. Now I am on a vengeful quest to go seek out these heroes because they're not actually heroes or whatever. Right. And you could just you could spin off of the yeah. movie in any part of the movie too, which is super cool to think about. So that um, is I don't know. I it if they if they get the the lore right and they you know throw in some Easter eggs about oh no you've gotten into a prone position what are you doing like what do you mean what do I do I'll get up or something and then yeah. that's just like a throwaway line but you know you, it takes an extra turn to get up from a prone yep. position or whatever uh, I think I think fans will enjoy it and I don't know it's it's more good exposure for that game that like you said is hugely popular yeah. right now yeah it is it, and it seems to be growing. Um, one one of the ones, as mentioned, uh, Rifts never made it off the ground. I I strongly believe that I, I actually I strongly believe that, that that could be an incredible whether it's like an HBO miniseries because when you look at that and you look at like the Coalition or the Juicers or the Vampires, or, it's like, dude, how did someone not scoop this up? Because they could probably get it for a pretty good deal as far as taking on the whole IP as segmented TV shows or whatever, whether it's Netflix, HBO, uh, Hulu, what, whatever whatever it may be, it still has me blown away because it's like, dude, you want do you want something that's really cool that isn't really being shown at this point? Because it is kind of a it is kind of a futuristic uh, depending on what avenue you take it down, could be this militaristic thing could be anti-military it could be whatever they wanted to make it again similar to like the D uh situation but there again is so many different iconic characters there's so many different resource books um and the creators are still alive which is always a good a bonus right right, um, right so and and you can work with them i don't know why the deal originally fell through but i just feel like the opportunity is there and is semi there it's quasi similar to kind of like what we're seeing with Todd McFarlane and image comics and all of that to where they're really finally starting to percolate uh, success after many years of spawn characters blowing up. The comic books are blowing up. He's releasing King spawn. He just released King spawn. He's releasing gunslinger spawn. He's releasing this. He's got a fucking movie in the works finally. Um, and then possible spinoffs. And I'm like, dude, finally he's getting his thing. And that's how I feel about riffs. More than more than D and D because naturally D and D was going to head that way, and they also got didn't they get bought by Wizards of the Coast? Uh, TSR got bought, yeah, right? and I know there was some controversy about one of the creators or or something here recently, but I I'm not familiar with it. When it comes to when it comes to riffs though, and like its potential to be in a series or a movie, I, I mean I think depending on how well this Dungeons and Dragons movie does, there could be a mad scramble by movie studios, by uh, production oh, for studios IPs. for other. We're going to grab Pathfinder. We're going to grab. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 um, uh, what is, what is the game that I play? The, there's a, there's a zombie game that I play and I'm completely blanking on it now. The something winter, dead of winter. 
Dead of Winter is a, uh-huh. a tabletop game I play. Like any of these things, um, because there are those stories that are already written. There are campaigns that are already played through. And not only that, but there's campaigns that have been played through by players that have improvised wonderful situations, yeah. incredible character arcs. Uh, Great moments, events, characters. Absolutely. It, it, uh, it would leave for like a high level of customization of a movie, but also... Just such incredible, like you said, source material that they right. can pull and draw from. Uh, just real quick here, I looked up the D&D movie. Uh, we've got Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, That's who it was Justice before. Smith, Regis Jean Page, uh, Hugh Grant, and Sophia uh, Lillis. Um, awesome. Look, seem to be the stars of it. It's directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super stoked for... Uh, um, I'm super stoked for uh, what's to come of it and to see. But yeah, I mean, D&D has been on a rampage. I'm not I'm not overly familiar with how and, and what Rifts has been doing. I know that they're still making a ton of books. Uh, and there's, again, just endless source material. And some of the art on, on some of those, this is, I think, is that as a kid, I'm, I'm going to show you the cover once the fucking thing loads. Hold on here. As a kid, seeing this book... Um, was just so fucking epic. The Rifts book? Yeah, I'm trying to load the fucking picture. Well, here it is. It's kind of blurry, but that cover. That's the one, man. Yeah, that's like, the that's the one that was dude, eaten that was by my so dog awesome. that, I, that I taped to a, a construction sheet of paper <laughs> and then taped on the front of the book. That I, was the one that my mom took away. That she took away from you? I yeah. just felt like that, like seeing that and then seeing some of the other stuff and, and reading through some of the books, the the adventure guides, the Rifts Canada, the this, the that. Uh, it's just exciting to me. I mean, just like, and I think a lot of that was Kevin Long's, like there's another one, the Source book. It's I just don't like, remember that one. Yeah, I think I've got that one. I should pull up. I got to find those books. I got them around here somewhere. Anyways, that is that is exciting to see. I don't, D&D is on such a fucking swing right now. I don't think that it's going away anytime soon. I don't think Rifts is either. I think that they... Uh, Rifts has struggled because of some of the rules. I know a lot of people didn't didn't like some of the rules, a little controversial there. Uh, some of the source material, I, I know through time, and, and maybe this has changed, because there was so much source material, because there's a ton, that the interpretation of the game was missed. It was like, oh, well, you have to have all of this stuff. It's like, no, you don't, dude. It's the same as fucking D&D. If you have the DM's guide and the goddamn player's manual, make the best of what you got. Right. right? Uh, you know, if you have a monster manual tool, great, even better, because then you're not creating shit. Uh, I, I think too many people uh, lose sight of these are resources and rules and characters and, and things to help you dive into your imagination and then invite your friends or family or whoever it is to go on this adventure with you and it's pretty amazing. And talking about that, one of the, one of the things that I wanted to discuss with you was, well, we know there's a movie in the works, Chris Pine and mm-hmm. Michelle Rodriguez. We know that D&D has done well. We know, I mean, fuck, Riffs is still here, so they're doing something right. They got it. I of mean, course, of they've course. They've been around for a long time. Um, what is the future of these games? As far as what, do you believe it's going to evolve? Is it going to continue getting bigger? And if it is going to get bigger, what does that mean? I think it's a safe bet with all of the all of the t- 
turmoil in the world right now. Um, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, people are looking to escapism in whatever form that takes, whether it's going to a movie or reading a book and a role-playing high fantasy or high sci-fi um, game, I think is, is probably just a, a real pure form of, uh, of that escapism. Like you can, you can make it as in depth as you want. You can be as involved as you want. You can have control in a time or a person's life where they may feel like they don't have as much control over their own life. They can have control of these characters, this campaign and this, and the story. So I, I don't think it, it will, I mean, just, just the, the fact of us, you know, two grown ass men with families talking about getting back into this, uh, pastime, I, I think is evidence of, um, the, the, the popularity of the thing. And what about evolution? Um, I, I mean, I think, I think it will, will continue, uh, moving into like a, a VR space might be kind of cool with, um, the ability to, you know, design and create worlds of your own, as well as telling the story. Um, we're going to see a lot more, and I know there's tools out there already on the internet and, and apps that you can download to uh, like track character sheets, um, to roll, to keep track of rules, to make maps, to do other interactive things. And in, as far as like inventory management and stuff like that. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, these people with the LED uh, table screens and the smoke and it'll all, all keep getting more and more uh, involved to make it easier, make it easier for people to enter the space uh, to, to learn the rules and, and get their games going. I, I think that that's probably the evolution of, and then, you know, of course they're going to come out with other additions and new rule sets and new monster manuals and, and new campaigns for you to play. Uh, and they'll probably end up being lawsuits, you know, from, <laughs> from one role-playing game to another. To the other, yeah. And, you know, they're like, yes, no, we, we understand you didn't call yourself Dungeons and Dragons, but you called yourself Damsels and Dammits. And that's, you know, that's yeah. <laughs> clearly a, a ripoff of our, of our uh, property. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going anywhere. I, and I also think that, uh, these role-playing podcasts that I talked about, the YouTube channels, the critical roles, the RPG dailies are going to become more prolific. And I think their star power is going to be more popularized and more mainstreamed as well. So we might even start seeing, you know, TV shows based on this stuff, uh, movie, more movies that are based on, you know, just people sitting around telling stories. Like you said, there's stars that are doing it not long before they will co-opt that into their, into their Hollywood culture. Right. I like everything else. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of those guys don't try to jump into even a small part into that new D and D movie. Some of, some of the bigger players that some are of the playing bigger creators. Actors, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of the actors. Um, so I guess to, to kind of ride the coattails of your, of your explanation there a little bit, I did forget to mention D&D also has several video games at this point, too. We kind of... A new one mixed, just came out, too. Yeah, Dark, Dark Alliance. Alliance. Yeah, yep. that's what it is. Um, uh, Rift's not so much again, and it's like, fuck, missed opportunity. 
I, I feel like either they need to be bought or someone needs to start picking up their IT I, IPs because another game that has come out unrelated to D&D and, and uh, Rifts and that role-playing thing is Warhammer is on the rise as oh, well. Oh, yeah, very, is, very popular. It's it, Oh, it's on a huge rise, dude. I mean, we were, we were in Target where we got the uh, couple of D&D books. They had a full-size Warhammer character uh, action figure thing. And I'm like, holy shit. Because you, you know when trends and things are getting bigger is when you see them at the goddamn store. Right. When when big retailers, Walmart picks them up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Walmart, Target, your Fred Meyer, what, whatever. When you're starting to see those things in the store. Now, it may it may be a, a, a pan fire. But, like, if you make it to national distribution of your product, you're doing a couple of things pretty good at that point. So... Interestingly enough, that's there. They have a lot of really good video games. They have apps on their phone. That also seems to be a, a growing thing. And what's so interesting to me about it, kind of in hindsight now that we're talking about it, is it's so funny to think like D&D, when the movie comes out, you're going to be able to watch this movie. You're going to be able to play these video games. But then you can bring it down to its rawest and most original form which was originally created what, by Gary Gagax in like 1976 or 1979, whatever. Look, I wasn't allowed to play. I have no idea. <laughs> well, it's just so funny to think that. And obviously it's evolved since that time. In fact, I was, I saw some of the original books go up for auction for D&D and I was blown away because they went for thousands of dollars. I thought it was just like a, I was like, oh, someone's going to pay 50 bucks because that's where the auction sat for a little bit. Then it was 500 bucks. I'm like, damn, dude, 500 bucks, 600 bucks, 800 bucks, 1100. I'm like, whoa, holy shit. And this was for a stack. Now's the time for me to heavily, jump in heavily. No, no, I stayed away from that. I'm like uh, that. I'm not I'm not familiar enough to uh, to throw that kind of money at something like that. But nonetheless, to see the value there. So um, the one thing. Again, to kind of dive onto the coattails for the future of both is how to connect people. How can they connect people remotely um, to engage in and have an experience via webcam, I think, is is something that they need to figure out, whether it's like adding a digital roll button or something to where both they've guys got that. Oh, they do. They've got that. I, the, uh, like I said, my, my buddy that, that does the RPG daily, uh, and these people that he has on, he has them on from all over the world, oh, you know? Okay, cool. And so he, uh, puts them all in a, in a zoom. It must be a zoom call. Maybe it's a discord call or some other, mm-hmm. other app, but he, uh, puts up their pictures as I was watching one of his live streams or one of his videos. And then he puts the map, uh, right in the middle of them. So they mm. kind of surround the edge and there is a, uh, a roll button that uh, a roll button that you can do a, like a digital dice roll. Most of them had like their dice there and they would just roll it and they just say, you know, the number that they got yeah. or whatever. Um, which, it, and that's a cool part about D and D too. Like you say a number and you're remote. And so, you know, you trust the person to, yeah. to be honest, but even if they aren't, what's the harm? Like, yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world. It's it's just a game, and he yeah. has a successful attack where he might have otherwise not. And yeah, you as the story, the the main storyteller, because you you're all storytellers in it, yeah. which is you the coolest. Are, you part. are, uh, you know, families used to gather around the radio and they'd listen to you know the War of the Worlds together or yeah. whatever else, and then you know they'd have dinner together and 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 then 
you know, technology drove us apart. I think role-playing games are bringing us back together, man. Like it's super cool that there's like, yeah, fundamentally because the, the rawness of it outside of utilizing technology to connect via camera or whatnot, uh, to have the story being told by each individual, my backstory is this, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then having the GM or DM uh, explain and, and go through the motions with you on their campaign. And it is, it's pretty wild. So there is a digital button though. So yeah, there was a digital or a button way to for, put it up for, there or something. For, yeah. For rolling, it'd roll these digital dice across the thing. And you know, who knows how random it is or, or, or how right. well it works. Uh, the one guy seemed to use it to great success. Um, and then, on the map, he had the ability or he'd given the ability to each one of them to move their character where they wanted. They wow. had little icons representing where their character was in relation to the objects and enemies in the area. So uh, there's tools out there. I don't know what they are specifically. Right. Um, but I uh, I do know that, you know, a lot of people do. <laughs> well, unfortunately, in these last couple of years, a lot of things remotely and... Right. Uh, D and D is no, no exception. Right. Which is, which is pretty freaking awesome. It is pretty awesome. I think it is. I think that it's incredible to to just sit here a and discuss this with you, but also to kind of reflect back and think of what it was with no technology to connect each other other than a a rotary telephone um, to, to now where similar and updated source materials, fancier dice, uh, in a lot fancier way of doing fundamentally the same thing we were talking and doing 30 years ago or 25 years ago or whatever. I just find that it, it makes, it brings a smile to my face because I hope that it continues. And I, I hope the hype continues to build because I also think it is a, um, a great thing for people to be able to explore and, and to, uh, dive into that creative part of their mind because a lot of these people, uh, especially the celebrities that are open about being D&D, they talk about the same the same kind of thing to where when you really start diving in, whether you're a player, DM, whatever, uh, those are good things to exercise that you're really probably not going to exercise outside of an RPG, maybe, but where you're writing, you're researching, and then you are literally creating a backstory, and then you're in a room with a group of people fundamentally coming up with ad hoc situations and shit that more than likely that's not you on a normal basis at your house. Well, that is so amazing in and of itself. Like this, yeah, the campaign's kind of set up, you know, the DM kind of knows where the story's going to lead, but he has no idea what the characters are going to do. And so when you read a book, you're reading a story that is complete from start to finish. Yep. It's done. When you're watching a movie, you are you are watching a thing that is, you know, it's not going to deviate from its path. When you are playing a video game, even though you have agency in that video game as a character, there's still set points you've got to yep. go. There's still an ending to the game that's going to be the same regardless of what your character does. You might get there a little bit different. You might run to the left instead of the right, but you're still going in the same direction. This medium is truly and what makes it so neat is you are you are living and creating a story together that has never been told before yep. like this it's is completely unique to that exactly. moment in time yeah it's and so you cool. contribute and then so does your other buddy right, and so does yeah. your other buddy it is it is and 
it's also crazy to think though that how many people that play this game that uh well and will play this game i shouldn't say it like it's fucking it's, it's over the, yeah um <laughs> that are not not creative at all and or they don't think they are or they don't think they are absolutely or are introverts and don't like to share things publicly uh or this that and the other we could sit here and go down a, a huge diatribe of fucking different things that could associate but uh to be able to contribute in that way in the story and to have a character that isn't them like when you were earlier uh going on about creating the character that's just like you well a fucking elf or an orc or half orc or half halfling or wh- whatever it may be it ain't like you uh now right. they, and then the attributes that come with them the backstory but to develop this this uh character and then to voice the character if you elect to do so because a lot of people don't which is fine um but you will often play and have to play off of are they good are they evil are they in between Whatever I can't recall all of, all of the, uh, the the names of of the class. Oh, like for uh, that, like for their alignment, chaotic, and, neutral, yeah, chaotic, yeah. evil. You know, um, I don't know, general, general good, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, but playing to that, and then playing to the attributes which were rolled for your character. Right? Is your character charismatic? Is he agile? Is he physically strong? And coupling all of that together, because this is you as a player, and most people do naturally pull it all together, and then they go after it with the DM and with their buddies. It, it, it is an amazing thing, regardless of whether it is riffs or or D anD D. That doesn't matter. It's or my game that I made when I yeah, was in the fifth or never, sixth grade that never got fully released. We'll have to maybe that's a future a future venture of ours. What well, whatever it was, man. What did we put <laughs> we put it out. I know. I look back at some of that stuff. Like if you ever look back at your drawings and you're just yeah. like, God dang, I was creative. Yeah. God dang. I, I had some cool ideas. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it's just kind of amazing though, to, to think about that. And then uh, it's, it's even funnier too. Uh, again, as we're going through this to think about talking to people about playing, Hey, yesterday I killed this dragon with my sword. Like, Oh, on a video game. No, I have chlamydia. That was the dragon. I finally killed it with the sword. It burns. (laughs) When I pee, yeah. Uh, But what's funny about that is, like, going, could you imagine going to work and be like, bro, bro, telling your boss that or telling telling another company guy, dude, yesterday I killed three goblins (laughs) on break with my bros. But today I wouldn't be surprised if my boss turned around and said, oh, yeah, well, I explored a cave and we found all kinds of gold Wouldn't that be so fucking funny? Yeah, that'd be cool. You you find out your boss is like some nerd. That'd be great. Super nerd. But it's funny about that, too, because D&D is, is, uh, and I think we've talked about this, or I know I've mentioned it for sure, about people not, you not knowing people's hobbies and like collectibles is one that I talk about often that you didn't know that like they, they did that. And I feel like D and D and riffs is another one of those things to where it probably isn't brought up as often as like playing golf or watching football. Um, not that I'm saying it should or shouldn't be because I'm not, I think it should be, but how relevant does that topic come up? Unless you're one of those vocal uh, type of people to where there are people we both know that are very vocal and very adamant about letting you know that I play video games. It's what I do on my time off or <laughs> I do this thing. 
But there's a lot of us, like with families, that really the family takes the precedence. Um, and then as you have the time to do these other things, maybe there, maybe it's uh, uh, more more uh, accessible at that time. But I just find it funny because I, I can't recall. I'm, I'm running through the, the rusty disc in my in my mind here. <laughs> On uh, if I can recall anybody in the really the last decade that came that I didn't know played D and D say they played D and D. No, I can't think of. Have you had that experience happen in the last decade? No, to where someone out of the woodwork kind of caught you off guard. I mean, I I messed with my I messed with my daughter when we were at Target because the guy uh, the my clerk got very excited when he saw he's like oh D and D books. And he, he smiled and I was like, oh, I know. She's been playing for years. And my daughter, of course, was like, no, I'm not. They're yours. And the guy was smiling. The guy, <laughs> the guy was the guy was smiling. I mean, that that's probably the most excited I've seen someone get uh about D D that I didn't know. He's pretty jacked, huh? Oh, he, he was dude, he was like, oh, you know, scanning them and skimming, skimming through the cover as as he was putting them up. But yeah. <laughs> He's like reading your book. You're like, hey, dude, put it down. I know. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Where'd you get this? Uh, it's your store, man. Uh, the, the There is a, or at least historically, there's been a stigma with like a lot of this, you know, nerd culture stuff. Yeah. And if you play video games or if you play D&D or, you know, if you read fantasy novels, um, like historically, it's it, especially in uh, in this country, you know, it's like you well you don't you don't play football and you know pull the pull the freaking uh, nuts loose with your teeth on your on your uh, plumbing over here what what the fuck dude you know that's why aren't true. you why aren't you a man or or the, the, that's very just like no a, you're, yeah there's like a stigma there, there is and i think some of that is going away and people are I, like well why aren't you playing golf you know and they're like fuck you i like this instead of going oh yeah i should try golf and then yeah. being embarrassed about your hobby or, or your thing and I, I think that's I, cool i think with years to come that that is going to be completely dissolved i mean like, i mean this do. shit is becoming more mainstream and not yep. so niche nerd culture uh you know but, but i think the acceptance yeah. of that given given everything is on its way out because like uh, in my case, the comic book deal to where uh, I don't tell, I don't go out of my way to tell people that. Um, but if I'm asked about it, I know that a lot of people are, or or if I say something to someone about it, a lot of people are taken off guard. They're like, what are you fucking talking about? And then, you know, a, a brief explanation um, and a brief, as far as the hobby goes, and then a very slight discussion on value and, and ROI and all of that. And they're like, holy shit. I was like, dude, it's okay to be different. I mean, because it is funny when you when you catch someone with something, whether it's D and D, even video games. Depending on the oh, you play video games. It's yeah. so funny how how that is. Child, it's, yeah, and it's like, oh wait, what is it that you do? Oh, you watch soap operas, <laughs> or you watch fucking HGTV, whatever. <laughs> it's funny how that is still how that is still this thing that is really relevant in today's culture right. and society in America. Uh, as opposed to be uh, to being more embraceable, like oh shit, dude, you play what kind of video games do you play? Or, right, fuck, dude, you I didn't know you played D anD D. Like, tell me about it. It's so funny how that that is not there, and a lot of that is pushed to include uh, your parents, your friends, your family, where a lot of that is generated. The, the, the way oh, yeah. you work is generated from 
that as a child or, or uh, during your later years on how you, how you uh, intertwine with those. But it's so fucking weird too, because when you think about that, it's like, since when is it not okay to share and, and inquire um, about these things? And, and I understand why, because we've all been in a position in life where you drew a picture and you were very proud of the picture and you show someone that picture and they're like, Oh, what is that? <laughs> it's my heart and soul, uh, like, sir. I was going to send this to the, to the museum. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but we all have had those moments, whether it's that or a, a letter that was written or, or a new experience with D and D or, or a comic book or uh, the list can go on and on and on. And, um, it, it's, it is a funny fucking situation, but I, I, I would, I still believe that at some point in the future that it's going to be quasi dissolved to some degree, but in the same token, the other thing that's happened and it's, it's also funny is the, the nerds or the people that are a part of those communities have a platform to speak. And that platform is growing at a very rapid pace with the YouTube, the YouTubers and the guests, your, your friend that does it uh, with the podcasts uh, and, and everything. Cause you can look at D and D like I, I've watched D and D shit, uh, not often, but I, I do try to get, try to make my rounds uh, once a month or whatever, I'll get on a kick and, and watch some shit. But you watch those groups and like comic books is another one. I look at some of these groups. I'm like, fuck, these are grown. They've got thousands and thousands of subscribers. Their videos have thousands and thousands of views and they're growing. And I'm watching guys, grown ass men, just like myself, talk about fucking spine ticks on a comic book, dog ears, this, that, and the other speculating on future MCU projects, DC projects, boom studios, IDW, blah, blah, blah. Um, that I understand why the people will not be interested in this, but in the same token, it is fucking an incredible time to be alive, to have people that are contri- pure contributors for this, because years past, you had none of it. Right. And you were not talking to your dad about fucking, Hey dad. Yeah, son. Like hey, you, you have a good day on the ranch, dad. He's like, Yeah. What is it you want? And you're like, hey, I built a D&D character today. I'd like to tell you about it. Well, the fuck you are, you <laughs> devil worshiping son of a bitch. It's like, that's not splitting wood. <laughs> I what know exactly. Doing, or, son. Or uh, fucking turning, well, turning, the, <laughs> turning the, the earth or whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. Turning, turning butter. Um, it's, it's like, let people enjoy things. Like, it, it doesn't matter you know, what is the difference between watching a football game and watching a cartoon? I mean, they're different things. Sure. But you enjoy it. Like you're, you're essentially, you're wasting time being entertained by something. If you, if consider being entertained a waste of time, I don't, I consider it to be part of the human condition. I, I think it is an essential part of the reason why we're here is to enjoy the things that we have and that we that our inclinations lead us to like and stuff. So it's, it's, um, and I think that's becoming more acceptable and people are more willing to stand up for their hobbies and their interests and say, no, man, fuck you. It's not just a child's thing because I am obviously enjoying it. And I am not a child. <laughs> I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> exactly. I'm a grown ass man. Exactly. I can enjoy this too. Yeah. 
it is great though to see is it not uh these groups standing up to support the and it's not even st- like they're standing up to support this like the, cause they're or out something. rallying around capital buildings and no whatnot. no oh god forbid that but uh no not at all it's just that there are people that have the again the platforms to be able to discuss what they fucking love and that is still such a funny thing to think about because we've had platforms for you know 85 years 100 years based around sports that guess what it's fucking the announcer guess what it's trading cards guess what it's he's it's it's been public and and rehashed all the replay Whole videos ass, uh, networks dedicated right. to it right and it's just such a funny thing to consider that and to consider that holy shit uh, we're seeing an, an evolution and just think in 10 years or in 20 years, what that network will look like. And the other thing that's, that is uh funny. And then we'll, we'll wrap this up is uh, in most cases with these supporters or these, these uh, folks that contribute and, and the folks that play the games, whether D and E riffs, it doesn't matter. Uh, the diversity within that person, because I know early on with a lot of this stuff, it was a lot of single lane hobby type people to where it's like, oh, my only hobby is video games and you're not diversified, uh, which is I'm not saying it's good or bad, but um, <laughs> I find that to be interesting as well, because when you talk to people like and I've talked to a shitload of people, especially like in automotive and comic books, collectibles. Uh, when I was doing photography and videography, I've talked to a lot about tech and all of this stuff through the years. And it amazes me because there's so many people that are very just running on the railroad track that they're running on, which is fine. Like if that's what works for you. Um, but it's amazing to see that these platforms are growing um, as far as support goes with diversified people. So you're not only getting the one track kind of person where it's like, yeah, dude, I play D and D, but I also have a fucking Twitch channel. Cause I also love playing grand theft auto, right? You know, those kinds of things to where it's like, oh, okay, okay. Now I'm getting you as more as a person with other, uh, with, with, with other goals or other hobbies and other things that you're liking to do as opposed to getting this person that just runs again on that one track, because uh, when you see, or when they talk about other things, I guess credibility is automatically challenged where you're like, wait a second, this motherfucker has never talked about X and yet here they are. So I find that to be extremely interesting. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see that. uh, I don't know that dungeons and dragons that role-playing games have become a part of the standard and maybe not mainstream yet but i think it's getting really close to mainstream if it's not uh lexicon and even within like nerd culture um it's something that is so accessible and welcoming to new players i think i think is really cool that's awesome that is awesome all right so that is the end of this episode folks thank you so much for tuning in to the monday madness episode today with us here on the culture react podcast as always hit that subscribe button don't forget to drop a review share this thing with your worst enemies don't cry we'll be back we've got more episodes <laughs> coming jeez louise you're such a drama queen <laughs> and there it is folks 
Again, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch up with you in the next one.